Hey, 12, how y'all doing tonight? Y'all ready to get started? Ready to dive in to week one of, of our series, GOAT? First off, let's, let's, let's clear the confusion, all right? Let's clear the confusion because I think uh, one, of, one of our team members, Travis, was a little confused. What do you think? Um, he was a little confused because he brought a live goat on stage. Um, so Travis, wherever you're at, bro, uh, can, can you guys let him know what goat actually means? Just yell it out. Look at y'all. Y'all are in unison now even. It's like, yeah, yeah. There's some chemistry up in here. I like this. The greatest of all time. That is what we are, are, are talking about in this series, the greatest of all time. And in fact, I have some opinions about who is the greatest of all time. All right? Uh, yeah, you already said, Jesus, you know, you're in church. I get it, right? We'll get to that in just a second. All right? That's true, okay? You already spoiled the, the, whole, the whole intro, but it's okay. Um, no, uh, the greatest of all time. Listen, y'all were up in here arguing about LeBron James and Steph Curry being the greatest of all time. Are you kidding me? Y'all need, need to go back, press the rewind button, and learn a little bit about the history of basketball. Because I'm going to tell you something. The greatest of all time to ever play the game of basketball is a guy named Michael Jordan. My man. My man. Number 23, the GOAT. Let me tell you something. That guy, I looked up to him so much when I was, when I was young. Oh, man, he is, he is the real deal. Many of y'all wear his shoes. I mean, he is like, he's up there. Greatest of all time. You don't have to argue because you're wrong. So it's all good. Um, greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. What about entertainment, though? Many of we are we argue. I think I think somebody said Justin Bieber. We had a what was it? Uh, Beyond, Justin Bieber, Beyonce. We got some we got some back and forth up in here. But but listen, listen. You're wrong. You're wrong. You want me to tell you? You want me to tell you who the greatest of all time is? MJ, Michael Jackson. There he is. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Hey, he changed the landscape of music, entertainment. I mean, I'm telling you, Michael Jackson, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. The GOAT. Hold up. We got, we got it. We just, this is an honorable mention, okay? <laughs> we just got to throw this out here. Um, the most decorated Olympian of all time. MP, Michael Phelps. That has to have some respect, right? That's not even half his medals right there. Beijing's not even up there. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he, he swept that, so it's, it's all good. Michael Phelps, greatest of all time. So no matter, no matter what, no matter what category, no matter what category we talk about, Many of you have different opinions of who the greatest of all time is, who the goat is, right? But if we're, if we're just straight up, if we're, if we're defining goat, greatest of all time, that means that there's only one goat, despite the category or the, their realm of influence, 
there's sport, entertainment, whatever. There's only one goat, one person that has impacted the entire world more than anybody who has ever walked the earth. There's only one, the greatest of all time. And that one man, you already know who it is, his name is Jesus. And here's the deal. Whether you believe in God or you don't, Jesus has impacted the world more than any human to ever walk the face of the earth. And the reality is, and what we believe in this place, is that Jesus is the greatest of all time. You know why? Because he laid down his life for the whole world. He laid down his life for the whole world and he was resurrected from the grave. And because of that, we are able to have forgiveness. We are forgiven if we accept Jesus, the goat, the greatest of all. We accept the savior of the world. We are forgiven and we are restored back to our heavenly father. And we believe that Jesus is the goat. And I want you to understand that because this is the, this is the platform. This is, this is the springboard for the rest of these, of these conversations over the next few weeks. That we are in a series called Goat, the greatest of all time. And, and if, we, if we label Jesus, we believe that Jesus is the goat, we, we got to talk a little bit about Jesus, don't you think? We got to talk a little bit about Jesus, but I want to get something very, very clear before we continue. See, Jesus was no accident. Because here's the deal. Michael Phelps, MJ, Michael Jackson, they didn't just wake up and they were great, right? It, greatness wasn't an accident. Greatness wasn't an accident for them. It was every moment of every day, months and years of hard work, of dedication to reach their definition of what greatness actually means for them. And oftentimes how we define greatness, but I don't want you to miss, Jesus was no accident. His life, it was full of purpose. Everything about Jesus' life was full of purpose. You should jot that down. Everything about Jesus. Jesus was no accident. Jesus was full of purpose. And everything about Jesus' life was purposeful. And that is the foundation of where we're going for the next few weeks. So we know Jesus is the goat, and we know that if we want to be great, if we want to be great, we have to know where greatness can be found. So we're going to go to the goat. Because I believe in this room, inside of you, within, at the core of who you are, you want to be great. You want to be great. You want to achieve greatness, right? 
You want, you want to make an impact. You want to have influence. You want to be significant. You want to have status. I don't think, I don't think any of you wake up and be like, nope, don't want to be great. I think I'll go back to sleep. If you do, let's talk after service, okay? We might have something to talk about. But I seriously believe that in some form or fashion, you want to be considered great. You want to be significant. You want to have status. You want to have influence. You want to be popular. You want to be looked at in a way where people see greatness. You're trying to achieve greatness. And so we're on this journey, right? Here's what I know. Greatness is found in Jesus. So that's where we're going to go. First John chapter 2, verse 6. It just says this. It kind of gives us um, some, some truth right off the bat here. It says, walk in, the way of, walk in the way Christ walked, because true greatness can only be found through living like Jesus. That's where we're going. We're going we're gonna to look and dissect this man, because that's where greatness is found. Let's go to Mark chapter 10. Grab your Bibles. We're going to dive in. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Your worship center Bibles are under your seat. Mark chapter 10. It's on page 1014. Mark chapter 10. <clears throat> This whole conversation is not going to be on the screen, so I want you to grab your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 10. We're, we're going to throw some highlights up here in a minute that, that we're, we're, going to, we're going to hone in on, but I, I just, I, I, want us to, I want us to dive into the Word, all right? Mark chapter 10, 35, verse 35. If you're turning into the New, New Testament, if you open up your Bible and it's like you turn halfway you can probably flip over a few pages. It's Matthew and Mark. So I like to call him Maddie and Uncle Mark. You know what I'm saying? So Uncle Mark. No? No, just Mark. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to kill some time so we, we can give it, get everybody a Mark chapter 10. Is that good? I love it. All right. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. We're going to look at a conversation that takes place in Scripture and it's between three people. Their names are James, John, and Jesus. So if you could imagine with me just for a moment, there's a group, there, there's 12 of your closest friends, all right? 12 of your closest friends. This is, if you don't know, Jesus and the 12 disciples, all right? And so they're, they're kinda hanging out, all this good stuff. Jesus just predicted his, his death a third time. And so you could imagine kind of maybe some, some, some of the atmosphere, probably, probably relatively heavy. I mean, I mean this, is, this is why Jesus came to the earth to, to, to die. This was his purpose. His life was full of purpose. And yet in this conversation, we're going to read specifically from 35 to 45, James and John pull Jesus aside. And this is what happens. Verse 35 says, then James and John, the, son, the sons of Zebedee, came to him and said, teacher, they said, we, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. 
what do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism that, baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or, or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared when the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that, that those who, who, are, who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord over them, and, and their, their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So here we're, 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 we're seeing this conversation that, that's taking place. If you could imagine with me that the, you have 12 of your closest friends, Jesus, his boys, his brothers, these men gave up everything that they had to follow this guy to follow him. They gave up everything, their jobs, everything. They were all in. And in this moment, James and John, they say, Jesus, Jesus, hey, hey, can you, can you come here for a minute? You got, you know, you know, whenever you're like, you, you know, whenever you like, you have like a ringleader, like, you know, that person in your friend group that you kind of want to influence. And so then you pitch a great idea to them. You know what I'm saying? But you don't pitch it in front of the whole group. Like you just get that person, you're like, hey, bro, like, what do you think about this? You know what I mean? Like you try to influence them over here. So, so James, John, and Jesus, we're, we're hanging out over here for a minute. And they say, hey, uh, can you do what we ask you to do? He said, listen, listen. Uh, we, 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 Jesus, we want to sit at your right and at your left in your glory. And you know how the conversation goes, right? We just read it. He said, they, that, that's not for me to, to decide. That's already been prepared. And in this moment, if we could translate this moment, James and John are wanting greatness. They're asking Jesus for greatness. They, they have a desire to be great. And this is where we can relate, is we also have a desire to be great. If you look in our world today, this is a prime example. We can talk about this every single week. Social media, the world of social media. You're like, oh man, Chase, I don't necessarily wanna be great at sports. I necessarily don't want to you know, uh, be like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or, or have static, whatever. No, 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 you wanna be significant. It doesn't matter if it's on that macro level, but you want to be significant. You want to have a status when you're around certain people. 
Because our world, is, it's, it's, it's encouraged by, by how many likes you get, by how many comments you have, by how many views you have, by, by, by what your, your longest streak on Snapchat is. That, that is, sometimes we define greatness as, as that. And James and John would be like, Jesus, I want to be, be great. I want to sit at your right and at your left. And we live in this world when it comes to greatness. And to be quite honest with you, what happens is that this, this pursuit of greatness, this pursuit of status, this pursuit of significance, popularity, it's the majority of our problems. It creates the most conflict. It's probably what, what encourages the most arguments. It's probably behind what you're saying about certain people that you're around. It drives a lot of unhealthy things because the definition of greatness is all about status. Michael Jordan, MJ, Michael Phelps. We look at them and we define them by great, by what they've accomplished, what they have, and their status in this world. But yet in this conversation, Jesus redefines what it means to be great. Let's take a look at this, because this is super, super important. We can't miss this moment in this conversation. Mark chapter 10, verses 42 and 45. It'll be on the screen. This is key. This is kind of a moment, and I want to have this moment with, with us, because if we've, we've defined greatness in a different way, this is our moment to redefine greatness, okay? This is it. This is kind of like one of those, like, hey, listen, you know, we've had this side conversation, but yo, 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 hold up. This is a family conversation. We need to, we need to lean in. And, and I, I need you to understand because it's so significant uh, for, for your life of how you define greatness and what you're trying to achieve. And so Jesus has this family conversation with the 12. He brings the 10 in. And he says this, verse 42, he says, Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who regarded as, they're, they're regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. It's all about the status. It's all about their position. They use that in a negative light. They're lording over the people. That's how, they, that's how they're defining greatness. And I love this so much in verse 43. He says, fellas, not so with you. Not so with you. Instead, and this is it, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve. And in this moment, Jesus refers to himself. If anyone should have came to this earth to be served, it was Jesus. 
God's son, one and only son. But yet his purpose, his mission, his sole objective was to give his life as a sacrifice to serve so that we could experience forgiveness and be restored back to God. In this moment, Jesus tells the disciples that the greatest will be servants. The greatest will be servants. Jesus explains that whoever wants to be first will serve. Whoever wants to be great will serve. The greatest thing that you can do is to be a servant in the way that you live, in the way that you give your life every single day. If we want to be great, we have to live like Jesus because that's where greatness is found. And that's how greatness is defined. Here's what I, here's what I believe Jesus would say to, say to us if, if, if he's in this room. How high you go is determined to how low you go. How high you go it is determined by how low you go. We could say that's the definition of greatness. You, you could say greatness, and you could put servant beside of it, and that would be enough. You could, you could, say, you could say greatness and put sacrifice beside it. Greatness does not equal status. Greatness equals service. Scripture says this in James chapter 4, verse 6. It says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And if you read on down in the book of James, man, whew, this, this one hits home to me so, so much because when I was in high school, Ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade. I was I was in a student ministry like you, and 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 I had difficulties when it when it when it came to to being proud. I, I had pride. It was just it was just running through my life, and and I wanted to be great at every single thing that that I was a part of. I wanted to be the absolute greatest, but it was so much for the wrong reason. So much. I wanted to break records in, in my school. For football, I wanted to, to, to have the most points on our basketball team in the history of our school. I wanted to, to, to be, um, in a sense, the, the, the best at youth group, whatever that, mean, whatever that means. But you get it. Sometimes it's a competition, especially if you're on student leadership. Oh, how many people can see me doing this? It was all about status. It was all about recognition. It was all about, it was all about the pride aspect of, of why I, I was doing what I was doing. I, I was defining greatness that way. But I'm gonna tell you something. God wrecked my life whenever I ran across this, this verse in the book of James. 
is James chapter 4, is verse 10. It says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. I, I, every, every wristband I owned, every, every piece of tape that I ever put on my body when it came to football or athletics, baseball, on my glove, on top of my hat, this verse was, was, was with me always, always. I, I, would, I would do the whole Tim Tebow thing because I looked up to him so much and I would literally put James 4.10 under my eyes. That was my John 3.16. Humble yourself, chase before the Lord and he will lift you up. That is a promise from God himself. And then that stuck with me and that ate at me for, for all of my years at high school. And there were moments that I can look back and I could see God lifting me up because my heart was in the right place and I, and I, was, I was chasing greatness the right way. And so that is my prayer and that is my hope for us in this room that, that we have had a moment tonight where, where this greatness word, because you, you should want to pursue greatness. There's nothing wrong with that. Jesus in this conversation did not tell them that there's, 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 there's something wrong with pursuing greatness. You shouldn't pursue greatness. No, that's not what he said. He just redefined it, and he defined it the right way. And so I have a question for you tonight as we close out. Where do you need to lower yourself to allow God to lift you up? Because there's many of you in this room there's many of you in this room, you have a problem with, with, with putting yourself above others, but that's not the definition. That's not the life that, that we are chasing to live. That's not the life that Jesus calls us to live. So where, do you need to lower yourself when it comes to, to your family? Do you need to serve them more? Do you need, do you need to serve your parents more? Maybe it's specifically your, your, your mom who maybe, maybe you live with a single mom. I did growing up. And how I served her and how I loved her was important. Maybe, maybe for many of you, you know, maybe you live with your grandparents or, or, or something of that nature, living situations a, li a little off. It's not, it's not your typical family, but there's, but there's tension there. Maybe you need to lower yourself so that, so that they can be lifted up. That's what Jesus calls us to do. Maybe it's, maybe it's your friend. You're, you're going to have opportunities, I promise, this, this semester to lower yourself. But my question is, will you do it? Will you, will you chase greatness the way Jesus defined it rather than the way we define it?